Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. Our guest today, coming back on the program, is Dr. Richard Ruling. Every time he comes on, it is so intriguing. The the insight, the information Dr. Ruling has gleaned from the scriptures that all points that this whole thing is getting ready to wrap up. I mean, it is information overload, if you want to call it that, every time he comes on, because everything he says is related straight to Scripture from the Bible. And and I am, I've been looking forward to the continuation of our discussion in the prior episode. If you missed that, oh, folks, you got to go back and catch up. Uh, we don't have time to cover everything that we just covered in, in the prior episode. But right now, help me welcome back to the program, Dr. Richard Ruley. Dr. Ruley, thank you for taking the time to come back on the program today. Oh, my brother, uh, Robert, Pastor Bob, uh, it is a, such a privilege, and you have afforded me uh, uh, more blessed to give than receive. I love to share and, uh, and, and believe that your people are interested in, in Bible topics, because it, man shall not live by bread alone, That's but right. by every word, and we're missing a few here and there. You know? <laughs> God, God is patient with us, but it's, it's all coming. Uh, in fact, my favorite author says that the book of Revelation, in all the, all the books of the Bible, meet and end in the Revelation. It's so it's kind of like a climax. It's yeah. uh, the different concepts. Uh, the Lamb of God uh, is seen in the Old Testament, but it's uh, in Revelation 13, I think it's verse 8, slain, the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Amen. Uh, you know, Amen. so uh, it's... We we uh, but uh, we want to talk today right now about the wedding concept, okay. and it is more than we ever thought, in my opinion. Okay, from now you may tar and feather me for a non-orthodox view, but on the <laughs> other hand, uh, the the uh, Bible says in Revelation three seventeen that uh, uh, we're blind. You know, in other yeah. words, not seeing mm-hmm. it. Actually, yeah. that's addressed to the agalos or messenger. Sadly, badly translated angel, to the angel of the church, to the angel of the church. Well, the angel of the church is not blind and naked, but the messengers, the pastors are sometimes. Mm, yeah, and so really, it's, uh, uh, it's they that don't get it, and they have uh, um, um, watered down the, the message, yeah, so to speak, in different yeah. places. Okay, yeah. And we have inherited a Catholic view of uh, the Godhead, because uh, Catholics, uh, they, they boast that the Trinity is the foundation of all their doctrine. Mm-hmm. And what I'm going to share with you today, I think, blows it out of the water. Uh, and I want to uh, start with Paul's statement in, in uh, um, Romans 1.20, that what may be known about God may be understood from the things that are made, even his Godhead. Okay, now, uh, I, I arrived... At, uh, part of what I'm going to share with you from uh, Christ saying that Elijah is going to come and restore all things in Matthew 17:11, but Elijah comes in the context of statutes and ju- uh, and judgments in Malachi 4. It says, "Remember the law of Moses with statutes and judgments. Behold, I send you Elijah." But those statutes and judgments have a sevenfold emphasis in Ezekiel 20 verses 11 to 24. It's statutes, judgments, Sabbath, statutes, judgments, Sabbath. My point is that a sevenfold emphasis is a mark of end-time truth, because Revelation is also a book of sevens, seven mm-hmm. churches, seven yeah. seals, seven trumpets, seven thunders, and so on. So look, when you see seven, think end-time. And the point is that uh, if Paul says, whatever may be known about God could be understood from the things that are made, even his Godhead, 
go back to the beginning, and uh, Genesis 1, verse 26 and 27, it says, uh, God made man in his image, in his likeness. And in the day that God made man in his likeness, he made him male and female, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, skipping over a couple chapters to uh, Genesis 5, verse 1 and 2, again, in the day that God made man, he made him in his image, male and female. Five times it says in the, his likeness or image, and twice in those places it says made in ba- male and female. Mm-hmm. And we know the Heavenly Father, you know, Christ refers that's to our Father in Heaven, Lord's Prayer, and uh, Christ said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. But Paul tells us, Jerusalem, which is above, is the mother of us all. Mm. And we think city when we hear Jerusalem, but right. cities are named for people. You know, or, or you know, the point is, I, 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 and, and we have further information of, uh, um, in the Old Testament, uh, twice, this is uh, Isaiah 37th chapter, Sennacherib is at the gates of Jerusalem uh, and pounding, and it says, uh, you guys better surrender or we'll make you mincemeat. And uh, he mocked the God of Israel, okay? Yeah. And the king was afraid, because they, they, they have clobbered everybody else till they got to Jerusalem, and the king sends a message to Isaiah, is there any hope for us? The message comes back that the, uh, the daughter, the, the virgin, the daughter of, of Zion, the daughter of Jerusalem, has shaken her head at him whom he has blasphemed. Mm. Now the point is that um, uh, we earlier said Jerusalem above is the mother of us all. This is the daughter of Jerusalem, mm. okay? And she has uh, and and she, she was blasphemed. Well, blasphemy is a sin of speaking against God, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh, you know, Christ was accused of that. My Father in heaven, you know, and so mm-hmm. on. Well. She, uh, uh, so she, if she was blasphemed, and that night there were 185,000 Assyrians dead outside the gates yeah. of, of Jerusalem, she proved it. I mean, you Amen. know. Uh, <laughs> Amen. So my point is that here, here is uh, uh, something going on that we, we uh, somehow bypass rather quickly, but I want to take you to uh, uh, Proverbs and Song of Solomon. In uh, Proverbs 8th chapter, wisdom is personified as she. And yes, it says that right. she she was brought forth as uh, 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 before the mountains were from everlasting. I was brought forth. The word for brought forth in Hebrew implies childbirth somehow. Mm, okay. And in verse thirty, she is talking, I believe, about her brother Christ, who said, "I was daily his delight. Uh, uh, I was brought up with him uh, uh, daily his delight, rejoicing always before him." They loved each other, I think, as uh, children growing up together. And in Song of Solomon, he says, My sister, my dove, my love, my undefiled. Mm. Now, this uh, Song of Solomon is one of the least understood books of the Bible. I mean, it, 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 why is this here? It's so different. But uh, really, if you think of uh, Solomon was considered Israel's wisest king. Right. But really, Christ is the wisest king of Israel. Yeah, of he, course. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so this is really about Christ. And when he says in, in Song of Solomon, chapter 5, verse 2, my, my sister, my love, my dove, my undefiled. And in chapter 6, verse 9, she is the only one of her mother. Now, do you know an only begotten son? Mm-hmm. This is an only begotten daughter. Okay? Amen. And, and when you come to, uh, and it's, and it's uh, covered up by Catholic translators, I think, in um, 
John 14th chapter, verse 18, I believe it is, uh, where it says, I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Mm-hmm. Well, why would you translate a word orphanos, orphans, orphanos, as comfortless? I will not leave, it should, it should translate, you should, I will not leave you orphans, I'm going right, to come to you. Right. Mm-hmm. As Christ the male went to heaven, but she was not going to leave us alone, she was going to be as the mother to us, mm-hmm. okay? And in uh, Romans 8:26, the Spirit makes intercession with us with groanings that cannot be uttered. It's not Mary as a co-redemptrix, you know. Right, uh, right, Mary, right. in my belief, is dead in the grave. But uh, 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 Christ's sister, they stepped into the gap when, when man was lost in sin, and they said, we'll save mankind. Hmm. Christ became a human like us, male, uh, you know, a man, but she t- took the form of the serv- of a spirit to be everywhere, so she could be in our hearts. You know, but but uh, uh, when you come to Revelation, it's not just that. And in the first chapter, we glossed over something. When this is the second one on Revelation now, in verse thirteen, uh, John saw one like the Son of Man, mm-hmm. girt about the paps, and the Greek word for paps is mastos. Mm-hmm. It's female breast. Yeah. Okay. Okay, and with a golden girdle. So here she is, uh, looking uh, like him to some extent, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, but with the breasts and uh, walking among the candlesticks, which represent the churches. And at the end of each uh, wow. chapter two and three, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. Well, it's the wow. Spirit now, mm-hmm. but in Revelation, when the last person makes the choice. Uh, either for or against God, and, and probation closes for everyone, the spirit withdraws from the earth, and she no longer has to be spirit everywhere. She can regain her um, heavenly form, which is like Christ uh, also, you know, in a sense. And and uh, the wedding is on. In chapter 22, I forget the verse, it says, the spirit and the bride say, come. Okay. Mm. Now, I took a Revelation course in college. It was upper division for, like, theology students, okay? Mm-hmm. And this is something that even most preachers don't know or they have forgotten because they don't remember Greek. They don't, <laughs> they don't use it every day. Okay. <laughs> but there's a, 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 the word in the text is kai, K-A-I. Mm-hmm. It means and, and that's why it's translated, the spirit uh, and the bride say come. But it really means, it's called an... You can Google this, by the way, epexegetical chi, epexa, is spelled with E's, E-P-E-X-E-G-I-T-E-G-E-T-E-G-E-T-E-G-E-T-E-G-E-T-E-G-E-T-E-G-E-T-E-G-E-T-E-G-E-T-E-G-E-T-E-G-E-T-E-G-
and the wedding will be on, and we can be guests at the wedding. In a spiritual sense, yes, we can be the uh, bride. The 144,000, I believe, are the bride of Christ also. That's, uh, there's an allowance for that. We get to follow him, be with him, and so on. But, uh, uh, but there's also uh, 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 that he will have his bride. And uh, oh, they, they deserve our worship. Uh, she, can you imagine? It almost breaks my heart to think of how she had to, to witness yeah. the one she loved so much be treated so bad, yeah. you know, and could not intervene. She could, she could slay, slay 185,000, but she had to allow him to die for us. Yeah, amen, amen. And like I said, that gives it a, a complete different picture of the wedding supper of the Lamb. I mean, yes, you know, yes. We're invited yeah. to the reception. Amen. <laughs> well, it, it, to me, it's the greatest story never told, exactly. and I'm in the yeah. process of, of uh, and it's based uh, on partly on Song of Solomon, that he loved her. It, it yeah. is a love story. And and she says in, in chapter Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 7, why should I be turned aside by the flocks of your companions? She was she was the little shepherdess that Solomon loved, and uh, you know. And I'm I'm getting a book made on this, uh, you yeah. know, and I'll make it available later. But anyway, uh, this is uh, it's 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 not a Catholic Trinity that's homosexual mm-hmm. uh, and puts mm-hmm. Satan in in the wrong spots. But anyway, I I believe that it's uh, it, it's uh, every it's not a queer arrangement in heaven. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Amen. Yeah. Amen. And, and this is, wow. Do you bring any of this information out in your book about the mega quake, or is this talking about a separate book that you're writing? Well, th- yeah, this is a separate book, okay, uh, okay. maybe titled The Greatest Story Never Told. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Because yeah. this, wow. This, this, I mean, everything as you're saying this, I'm running these scriptures through my head, and I'm like, that brings a whole clear picture to some shadowy scriptures, I guess you'd say, where you're like, well, I don't understand what they're talking about. I, you know, I, I, yeah. I think she's talking about wisdom, but you know, you're not really, but all of a sudden it's like, you know, you just pulled the blinds back and, oh, now I see clearly now. Well, God bless you. You know, I I was willing for you to have uh, some Christians have trouble over this, but it's because we aren't. You know, the Bible says the Bereans were more noble. They searched to see if these things were so, and and there is a lot of scripture that can't be explained some other way. You know, in other words, uh, if we really are in their image, male and female, they are male and female. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, you can't. A little child amen. understands this, yeah. but a theologian doesn't understand it. <laughs> yeah, amen, amen. And, and that's one reason why I think why a lot of people stay away from the Book of Solomon, because they're like, eh, yeah. I don't know, it's just too confusing. <laughs> so, now, let, let, me, let me back up. Before you go, uh, uh, let me say that historically, uh, this brings up something. Uh, I forget exactly. Oh, uh, it, historically... God had a movement, I believe, that has, uh, like the Jews today, and let me say, uh, in 1844, uh, a William Miller, a Baptist preacher, was preaching the second coming of Christ and judgment on the world, mm-hmm. and neither event happened as they expect. Uh, they, uh, it, 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 there wasn't judgment, uh, uh, and uh, but out of it, the Seventh-day Adventist Church uh, grew, okay, mm-hmm. in, uh, into existence. Uh, they explain that it's a, it's not a judgment on the world as we know it, but it's an investigative judgment to see who who is righteous and who is not. 
And when he comes, he, when he calls people out of the grave, uh, he knows who's coming. It's not just everybody, okay, mm-hmm. at the first resurrection, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera. I, and that's the main contribution of Seventh-day Adventists to theology is their, their investigative judgment. It's not the Sabbath, which mm-hmm. uh, there were Seventh-day Baptists, Seventh-day uh, Church of God, and different mm-hmm. people believe Sabbath. Mm-hmm. But the point is that, that um, in 1888, the Seventh-day Adventist Church had a message, and uh, Song of Solomon 5.2 uh, is a, an interesting depiction. Open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my undefiled, but uh, uh, she was too slow. She didn't open, you know, mm. and he went away. Well, this, yeah. in a secondary sense, the bride represents God's people. You know, first of all, there will be a bride, and I, I, we talked about this just now, the past twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but uh, in a secondary sense, God's people, and uh, they weren't ready in 1844 for what was happening. They they debated truth, righteousness of hey, Ellen White said they were preaching the Sabbath till they were as dry as the hills of Gilboa. In other words, uh, f- focused on uh, works and so on, works of the law. But the point is that uh, in, in the last ch- chapter. Uh, or getting of Song of Solomon, what shall we say to our, our we have a little sister, but she has no breasts. Mm. And uh, and then suddenly she's got breasts. Yeah. And I believe that this is a, a representation of the church at the end of time. Praise uh, God. You know, right now yeah. it's total chaos and craziness and yeah. no breasts, not ready for marriage. Yep. But all of a sudden it's going to happen. Yeah. So to me, uh, that explains a little more of Song of Solomon. Yeah. I uh, just want to round it out for you. Uh, so anyway. And it could be uh, that, uh, you know, your book, Megaquake 2023, discussing, you know, the, the this huge earthquake that's about to be unleashed on the world, that may be the thing that brings maturity to the church, uh, where all of a sudden they start... Well, getting into what they're supposed to be preaching and, and, you know, letting people know, you know, you don't have yes, forever yes. anymore. Yeah. Well, and also, uh, it's, it's the knock for the wedding feast. The earthquake yeah. is when right. I come and knock, you open immediately. Right. And, uh, I, he will gird himself, make us sit down to eat. I believe the Passover is, uh, the feast of Passover is a feast of unleavened bread. And this explains why in Matthew 22, it was scorned. Who wants unleavened bread for a wedding feast? Yeah, <laughs> you know, right, right. it sounds like crackers, but it's really not about <laughs> crackers. It, 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 you know, the uh, Christ said in Matthew tw- sixteen verse twelve, "Beware the leaven of the Pharisees," meaning mm-hmm. their teachings. teachings. And yeah. so, and so, the unleavened bread is really spiritual topics, and this is one of them mm-hmm. that uh, we've overlooked uh, in the Bible. Uh, things that have a sevenfold emphasis. Uh, like statutes, judgments, his laws, and so on, are are part of this wedding feast. And we'll talk about this another time, too. But anyway, I just want to, since you ask about and mentioned the book, uh, for those that want it, uh, if they would email me a... um, an email, I will send them a free copy of my book if Amen. they will write a review. Uh, uh, if just I want an honest opinion, but uh, five stars if they can, to, to encourage others. Uh, the king's servants bid people to a wedding, and we can be his servants, and they, they will understand it better if they read my book somehow. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And since we're talking about the book, now you believe that you know, Megaquake 2023, obviously you believe that's going to happen in 2023, just a few months from now. And can you briefly go over in the remaining five minutes we got the three timelines that point to that event? Okay. Um, 
the one the the first timeline is so obvious in in my opinion because God gives us the example of Egypt uh, for the weddings parables. God took Israel from Egypt to a covenant, and He later said, "I'm married to you." In Jeremiah three fourteen, He regarded the covenant as a marriage, but they went they left Egypt and went to the covenant. And when he knocks with the earthquake, again, opportunity for the covenant, it's the wedding feast, uh, but it's, it's even, it doesn't wait 50 days, in my opinion. It's, it's right, right away, the seven days of unleavened bread um, uh, at that point. But Egypt was also a time of judgment, and uh, God judged Egypt for their enslaving Israel and throwing their babies in the river. But America has done worse. We have enslaved most people in substances like alcohol, tobacco, and drugs, and, we, and negative lifestyles, many negative, negative lifestyles. And we've thrown 63 million babies in the, river, in the trash, you know, not in the yeah. river. Uh, so yeah. we are worse than Egypt and uh, deserving right. of judgment. Absolutely. But the point, is, the point is that, uh, that um, what God did in, in, in the Exodus was a jubilee event. He freed the slaves. And they had the promise of land, in, like in Leviticus 25th chapter, verse 10. So, uh, Jubilee came every 50 years, and so 50, though, from Roe v. Wade is next year. That's the first yep. timeline. Yep. It takes a little while to explain this, but it, uh, it's just uh, uh, 50 years from Roe v. Wade for Jubilee, uh, like Egypt. Uh, and the second one that uh, I, I give you is the uh, easy to understand also. Uh, Four generations of, uh, in Joel 1, verse 3 and 4, you tell your children, let them tell their children, and them another generation is four generations. A generation is 40 years in Hebrews 3, 9 and 10. So uh, God bore the rebellious generation in the wilderness 40 years. Four times 40 is 160. Mm -hmm. And if you go back from next year to 2023, mm -hmm. it goes back 160 years to 1863. Amen. And in that year, Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation went into effect. It gave freedom to slaves. But the uh, wording of Joel 1, verse 4, implies that there's nothing left after four generations of insects, cankerworm, palmerworm, locust, and caterpillar. Uh, what each one eats and leaves, the next one eats until there's nothing left when the caterpillar's done. Yeah. And the point is that uh, I, do, I think... Uh, all of our freedoms uh, uh, may be gone with martial law after a huge earthquake mm -hmm. that devastates uh, at least the West Coast. I'm quite sure of it, San Andreas, uh, from things that they see scientists say that it's um, overdue, uh, 80 years overdue. And yeah, they say it could right. happen any time. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think God has appointed times for things that are really big, you know, and, and so uh, I believe it will fit God's appointed times. And uh, I'm looking uh, forward at, to his knock for the wedding next year. And there's some variations that we haven't had time to explain, but they'll get it in the book for those that want it. And uh, so I would just say, send me an email, ruling, R-U-H-L-I-N-G-7, at Juno, J-U-N-O dot com. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Dr. Early, once again, you've given us a lot of information to process. You've given us a lot of information to process, and, and I just appreciate you taking the time to come on the program, and you're giving away a free copy of your book to our listeners. Praise Lord. And, and folks, I'm telling you, mark my words, we are living in the last days 
of life on Amen. earth as we know it. I mean, you Hallelujah. need yes. to get in touch with Dr. Ruling, get a copy of his book, Mega Quake 2023. Learn for yourself what is happening right now, today, and what's about to happen. Just use the links down below to get in touch with Dr. Ruling. Receive your free copy of this book, Mega Quake 2023, from Dr. Ruling. All you got to do is leave a review for him. Amen. What a great deal. Dr. Ruling, thank you for taking the time to come back on the program today and bless us with the Lord, everything he's showing you, and giving us an opportunity to help you get the word out about what's in stake for the future, not just of the United States, but this entire planet. I do appreciate it. Thank you. God bless you, too, with Kingdom Crossroads. We're coming to the kingdom, and uh, it's uh, based on the covenant we can make. God bless you. Thank you very much, brother. Amen. Folks, that is all the time we have for today. For Dr. Richard Ruley and myself, this is Pastor Bob reminding you to be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcasts. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success. Yeah.